Welcome to our fall episode. <laughs> David's going to make us a lovely pumpkin pie. <laughs> Coming up next. And it had and fall I mean, snacks I, I, with David Hawkins. I put some granola on it, but that didn't help. Oh, that's right. You you like granola. You've spent time in Boone. I do. I love granola. <laughs> What's not to like about granola? Uh. Hello and welcome to This Thing Called Church. Today is Wednesday, October 20th. How are you guys doing today? We're good. Good. Can't believe it's October 20th. I know. Oh, and this is number 11, episode number 11. I don't know if I said that yet. I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) We've lost count. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's chilly. It's But it's fall. This is Mm -hmm. your favorite season. You guys like fall. And winter. Yeah. Cold. (laughs) Sorry. I like fall. <laughs> did you see? In I honor did. of your, um, you guys like the fall season, I brought some some stuff. Some gourds. Some gourds from the pumpkin patch. Oh, we have a pumpkin patch. Brittany <laughs> 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 and Evan are going to kill you. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> My kids are there, I'll, I think, today. So. Yeah. Later. <clears throat> so, yes. Yeah, so today's October 20th. In other news. You had sent out on the group me this morning, on the choir group me, um, he sent out that today was what? Meat day. Why would you bring that up? National Camel Meat Day. Is it, no, is it? That was, that was my daughter. Like that was that M-E-A-T day? Was, it's a joke in the choir. Okay, so oh. the, you know that Psalm, I can't think of what it is, Psalm 42 maybe? My tears have been my meat day and night. Mm-hmm. Well, the way we sing a piece that's based on that Psalm. And the joke is, it sounds like you're, when you're singing it, my, my tears will be by meat day. Like, meat day. Not well, meat day and night. There's right. a comma. It's right. Yes, there's a comma. And so the kids always like say, today's meat day on Wednesday because we have rehearsals <laughs> on meat day. Okay. But then my daughter put up something about eating camel meat. And I yeah. Did, I didn't understand what that meant. Right. So but, I mean, maybe you've had that because you've had <laughs> guinea pigs. So maybe you No, I haven't had camel. Okay. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not opposed to trying it, but. Well, um, it's not only meat day for choir kids. Sorry, I didn't know that was going to be brought up. <laughs> well, <laughs> but today when I Googled national what is today, besides it being National Chicken and Waffles Day, which I think we've had that conversation ah, before. What a great day. Yeah. Um, it's National Hagfish Day. What's hagfish? Mm, <laughs> haven't had that either, Kevin. <laughs> I know what haggis is. What is hagfish? I know, right? That's what I said. And so I was like... And this is what it says. On the third Wednesday in October, Hagfish Day brings awareness to the evolved but slimy hagfish. Look, there's actually a write-up about this Hagfish Day. Who knew? And they are considered to be the ugliest of species. And they're, um, yeah, they're they're pretty nasty, apparently. And so this article talks about how nasty they are, but yet we should still appreciate them because it's their day. Can one eat a hagfish? Um... They're slimy. It doesn't say that anyone's ever eaten them. They use their E. coli bacteria for um, research. Like yeah, something I want. But I'm surprised. No. You. Oh wait, wait, wait. What? Um, well, this eel is considered a delicacy in some cultures. Though the meat is mild, it can have a bitter aftertaste. Mm. So, can we put a picture of the fish up later? Maybe so people can see how ugly it is. I don't. Yeah. 
<clears throat> so you you haven't had hagfish? No hagfish. Okay. No is this camel. Is like, like off the, the coast of our country, or is it like in a different? It's got to be oh, somewhere you're else. You're asking a lot of sorry. Questions. Well, you printed out the whole thing. I know. I mean, um, it's the scav. It scavenges the ocean floor, mm. cleaning up the debris of dead marine animals. It's like the vultures of. It's yeah. Like, it's like catfish. Yeah. It's thinner crabs. than human hair. The slime is stronger than nylon. Why do you keep saying slime? Because it talks about how slime. <laughs> it has a slime on. So I, okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. so it's National Hagfish Day. Gotcha. We just brought awareness to all of those who wanted to go, know folks. about Camel Meat Day and, and Hagfish Day. day. <laughs> all right, mm. something new. Okay. People are celebrating all over the world. <laughs> I didn't get you anything. I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Next year. Next year. There's always next year. The third Wednesday. Who knows? Yeah. I'll give you a list. Okay. I'll start it. <laughs> Um, you want to share anything about your mug today? Oh, nothing special about the mug today. It's a from home mug. Okay. Yeah, so does it have a handle? It I does have a handle. Yeah, oh, okay. Just yep. right there. Yeah, okay. it's just a little pottery mug. It's a place outside of uh, Maggie Valley near Lake Junaluska. Okay. So I don't even think they're. I'm not even sure they're there anymore. Mm. We bought it two of them a number of years ago. So. My only beef with it is it's just a small mug. It is a like, small mug. Look how much we have here. <laughs> and you're like, I know. It's like drinking out of a creamer thing. <laughs> I know. Well, I have to pace myself. <clears throat> okay. Well, you know what I thought it was when you first came in here? Because we have some of these, I think, and it looks like the little thing you put the oils in. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like an, the anointing oil. It's great for tea. <laughs> okay. Better for tea than coffee. Like coffee, you need large quantities yeah. of. But tea, you can just have, you know, just a nice Or, or maple syrup. <laughs> for my chicken and waffles. Yes. There you go. Yes. Man, those are awesome. I don't, I don't it's just, it just tastes like chicken with waffles. I don't mm. get it either. Sarah loves them. I mean, I'll eat it. Where do you I'm go? not saying no. But Is there a place yeah, that you go for them? Yeah, there's a place in, in Boone called Proper. Oh, I've heard it. Yeah. I've heard of that. I think they I've have been there. Great chicken and waffles and great collard greens. As I'd a side go for collard. with yeah, the chicken and waffles. Like a, yeah. So you have the kind of tart, sour bitterness of the Collard greens paired with the sweet. Okay. And then the crunch of the waffle and the chicken. Hmm. Man, it's got to be lunchtime. What time is it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I said we should start a cooking segment, so this would be great. <laughs> I know. Uh. Next time we're going to have to have snacks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we sometimes we do have snacks, right? I don't think folks are going to watch us In church. eat for That's what we're talking about today, right? 30 yeah. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we just sit and eat for 30 <laughs> minutes. That's the podcast. Yeah. So. Uh. Okay. So... We won't talk about hagfish and waffles anymore. So our topic for today is um, the sacraments. Again, another one you guys picked. Um. <laughs> Why did she say that? <laughs> oh, like, this is what you decided. That was the very not-so-subtle disclaimer. I, I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> um, okay, so... Kevin jokes that it's just like being at the Board of Ordained Ministries. <laughs> yes, because these are the past two, two episodes we've talked about like in major interview sections of the theology portion of the Board of Ordained Ministry. Yeah. So he's having PTSD I from am. all of those <laughs> <laughs> interviews. Yeah, David, explain the sacraments to a seventh grade uh, youth group yeah. kid. That's yeah. what it feels like. Yeah, but see, this could be like a good tool for like those that it's are going practice. right it is great now. Practice. Like people can watch, and if they want to go through it, they know how. Like they've got some mm. inside scoop. They can know what right. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't talk about hagfish and slime. That's probably one thing that I talk about. In the board. Uh, all right, go ahead. Sacraments. No, but <coughs> really important. Mm -hmm. They are. Mm -hmm. They are. And um, I guess we'll just start. Uh, 
there are so there are seven, but we only recognize two. Like our religion, Methodists recognize two. Others recognize seven. Maybe there are others that recognize more or less too. So, um, yeah, mostly most Protestants only acknowledge two sacraments. Okay, um, so, more in the Catholic Roman Catholic tradition. Um, do you want to start off by defining what a sacrament is? I feel like I should like pick straws. Who <laughs> gets the short straw? Oh, I think a classic short one's an um, outward sign of an inward Outward grace. invisible sign of right. an inward and spiritual grace. And a means <laughs> whereby we receive the same. Yes. That's important. Okay, say that one more time. So an outward and visible sign. Uh-huh. It's a tangible sign. You can touch it. Right. It's bread and wine or water. Okay. Um, an outward and visible sign of an inward grace. Mm-hmm. And then the key part that makes it sacramental and not an ordinance is, um, and it is a means whereby we receive the same, receive that grace. So in other words, the sacraments are a means of grace. And these are the only two ways to get grace? No. Okay. No, we just, um, we believe there are two ways that that Christ promised to be present. Okay. Two unique and somewhat mysterious right. ways that mm-hmm. God promised to always show up. Got it. In those moments. So, and, and they are, do you want to say which ones they are, the two? I'll take one. Okay. Baptism. <laughs> and, Correct. <laughs> and Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper, or the Eucharist, however. Keep my ordination now. Referred to. <clears throat> yep. And there's a difference between sacramental and sacraments. Right. Oh, gosh. So, you know, Are you right. serious? I know it sounds pedantic, <laughs> and, you know. Yeah. So we have sacraments, those two right. that we just mentioned, but there are things that are sacramental. Okay. <clears throat> that aren't yeah. sacraments? Right. right. There, so there are other means of God's grace, things that kind of function in a sacramental way in the life of the church. But, we have, but, but, the, but Protestants didn't officially name them as sacraments. Okay. Right. Um, so sacraments, we don't have sacraments because somewhere Jesus handed the church a list and said, here are the sacraments. Okay. This is the church later reflecting on the life of Christ, the actions of Christ, the ways we engage with God, and said, oh, these seem to be different okay. than sitting in your home on your sofa reading a devotional book. Okay. Um, that's important too, but different from right. how we encounter God in baptism and Holy Communion. And usually it's, they say that's when Jesus said, do this, like in the communion, do this in remembrance of me. Right. Or for baptism, go and baptize in my name at the end of the, the Great Commission. Yeah, some ex- some ex- explicit <coughs> command or instruction. You sh- right. Church, you should do this. <coughs> right. And then there's a history. Even in the New Testament, there's, a, there's evidence of the, the church doing those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So like Acts 2, um, you know, the disciples gathered for, for t- the apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of, of bread, bread, and prayer. Okay. And the assumptions, whether it's not it's the sacrament like we exactly understand it or practice it, that they were doing, they were remembering the Lord's Supper by re, by participating it in it again over and over weekly. So, do you want to talk a little bit about the first one? Which well, which one's come? It doesn't matter. Is one first? They're really, no, they're no, they're both uh, like just yeah. You don't need one before the other. In some traditions, they they require that you be baptized, but mm-hmm. we're not one of those. Right. First, baptized first. Right. Before you receive, we're not in the United Methodist Church. We're not that way. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about baptism then. So it's more than just the sprinkling of water. It is. Oh, it's it's kind of a. Yeah. It's. It's 
it is the means by which we are initiated into the body of Christ, uh, claimed and adopted by God as God's sons and daughters, God's children. Um, it's uh, the way Wesley believed it's where our um, sin is initially washed away. Although he would also go on to say that, you know, most people by the time they're what, not nine or 10 or 11 years old, they've kind of sinned away anything, right. <laughs> yeah. anything that baptism did. So it's not like an insurance policy. <laughs> Once and for all, you're good. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's the way that God makes us together, the body of Christ. Um, and as we say, incorporates us into the body of Christ. We mm-hmm. say that in the baptismal liturgy. Um, and it can be, uh, and it, it, it's well, it depends on the age of the person being baptized. So we baptize infants, obviously, yep. and we also baptize anybody at any age. So some folks make a profession of faith when they're baptized on their own. And so baptism is both a sign of that profession and a means of God's grace. Uh, for children, it's more uh, a means of God's grace. It's the profession of the church confessing on their behalf what they perhaps can't confess yet for themselves. And then our promise to help them grow in their faith so that someday they claim and profess that faith openly for themselves. Right. Um, So that baptism isn't sort of the, it's not once and done, it's not a once and for all, and it's not the end of the Christian life. It's really the beginning. But we do teach that once you're baptized, you can't get, well, you you don't need to be re-baptized. Right. And in some churches, that's, you know, that happens. You can be baptized numerous times. Right. Well, right, and we've also done a few times during worship a thing where you can remember your baptism. Right, 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 right. Where we've got the thing and you can do it. Um, And that's a distinctive thing about, I think, Methodism as well as there's some other traditions that, for instance, our Baptist friends, they don't believe in baptizing babies. Yeah. But we follow this (coughs) biblical tradition where whole families were baptized. And then I think in their understanding of baptism, they're making a decision, whereas I think in Methodism, it's more about what we believe God is doing. God is the initiator. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a, that's a distinction there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for us, God is the primary actor in the sacraments. Mm-hmm. Our response and what we do does matter. It's significant, but God's always primary, mm-hmm. which is mirrors our belief that in the work of salvation, God is also primary. Right, 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 right. So if baptism is the sacrament of salvation, you know, the way that we enter into a life of saving grace uh, in a formal kind of way, then if God's the one that saves, God must be the primary actor in baptism too. Right. Um, to go back to the last episode, when we right, say that yeah, this idea of provenient grace, that right. even as a baby, we think God is acting in this person's life. Right. Yeah. So we, you know, we use just the, the fountain, the little mm-hmm. baptismal thing, font. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's font? right, good yeah. job. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Picking up some things. <laughs> Picking up some lingo. Um, the font, which is both the womb and the tomb of the church. Oh, see, right? I didn't know It's that. the place God gives birth to new Christians. It's also the place where we're buried with Christ oh, wow. in our sins so that we can be raised with Christ. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, so it has a lot of symbolism there. So what about the, um, the religions that do, like, the pool? Like, mm-hmm. where you go and you get completely submerged, like... Yeah. Do they think that I? They think that ours doesn't count, right? They think the Some sprinkle, do, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the sprinkle's not enough, and that right. you have to, to be completely because that because that's what Jesus did. They're right. reading that scripture that way. Well, There's the assumption that that's what that's, Jesus yeah. did, right? But we don't really know, right? Okay. 
I mean, he could have been standing. The Jordan River is not very large, so he could have been standing <laughs> yeah. in knee-deep water. That's right. <laughs> um, he could also have been up to his neck. There are places where it's deep enough to do that. Yeah. So, you know, That's we don't funny. We don't really know. And speaking of symbolism, a lot, if you go into a lot of churches, the baptismal font, we have a lovely one yes. uh, with running water, which does mean something too, symbolically. But a lot of these churches will have eight-sided fonts. And we actually have one in the chapel, the mm-hmm. old original one. Oh, wow. And that's supposed to represent that, that Sunday is the eighth day, the mm-hmm. Lord's Day, out of time. Oh, wow. Yeah. And resurrection. Resurrection, and all those new things. New life. Um, but we'll baptize folks um, by immersion if they request that. Yeah. I've, I've baptized People in rivers and did you do that? Moon? You said it was oh, like yeah. really cold and stuff. Oh, yeah, we waiters? Did. Yeah, every year at confirmation, <clears throat> um, there were always youth who had not been baptized, mm-hmm. and so they we did baptism in the river, and nice. we baptized. We have a lake right here. Five six <laughs> kids. Yeah, we <laughs> could do that. To get so what, <laughs> get <yeah>. your baptism. <laughs> we'll bat- immersion pouring, which is um, also known as effusion, Ooh. and um, immersion mm-hmm. um, sprinkling. Yeah. The, the mode is less important than right, what right, we think right. God right. is doing <clears throat> through the sacrament. Yeah. I enjoy our, our little baptism service that mm-hmm. we do. It is, it's special. And the song, like, it, man, I'll tell you, the, the first, I don't know, couple years, every time I get like, you get teary eyed. Like, and I think as a mom too, sure. like reading those, hearing, singing those words and you ring, you know, so it's, it's, it's emotional. And you can tell that there is something different special about that so as a like side note question though like have you ever had any like babies like scream the whole time and you know because everyone always laughs laughs or like oh you know what's going to happen with this one when they hand off the baby i have a good friend who says tells parents if they scream don't worry that's just the devil coming out oh wow (laughs) he's joking (laughs) (laughs) he's joking Dark. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've never told a couple. You've seen of that. those videos where the, the priest oh, like, yeah. throws the baby Trying in. Trying immersion. Yes. In Woo. the Greek Orthodox Church. They just take them by the leg and. Oh. You yeah. Google oh, it. It's crazy. Oh, it's funny. Creep. Yeah. Wesley suggested that, that we should do that. I believe that there's some passage where he briefly sort of entertained that as a good idea. That's but ridiculous. I'm sure. It's kind of like an exorcist. After he scared the like you that. know what out of a couple of parents, they said, uh, no, John, we're not doing we're this. We're not anymore. doing that <laughs> I had a professor at, and at um, SMU who said he fell off a stage carrying a baby, <gasps> and the baby was fine. But then the next week, this is in Louisiana. The next week, another baptism happened, and the the couple brought the baby up in a helmet, like a football helmet, LSU or something. So of course, I don't think he fell. He might have tripped. But anyway, he he kept saying, "I didn't drop the baby. I didn't drop the baby." I I, do, I have another friend who did almost drop one. Like caught him by the leg. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's not See, a, as good, a deacon. I'm glad that's I don't have to not do that. a good. That's not a good Sunday. <laughs> How'd church go today, huh? Oh well, dropped the baby. I didn't drop the baby. Yeah. Wow. Well, they, it's always, and I think like everybody. We're all happy and excited to see the baptism, but we're also holding mm. our breath for you, like or yeah. or, or any pastor. It's such a it's holy like, privilege. Oh, how is I this love gonna it. go? I love every bit of it. Aww. We do quite a number here. We I mean, do. there are a lot mm-hmm. of churches that don't do any baptisms. Wow, that are very few. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we did some even during COVID. Yeah. That was like that was kind of special when we were able to do them again. It was like the first ones, kind right. of du- like during COVID. It was like oh. we've had a number of them just since I've been here. Yeah. Yeah. And more throughout the end of the year, we have several more on the calendar. It's a great up. thing. So 
That's a great thing. Um, my, the, the friend that also you know, says the thing about the devil coming out of them, he also says, and I th- this is, I think, a helpful image. I, say this, I do say this to parents occasionally. Um, <laughs> that in a sense, what's happening when you have an infant, a, a young, young child, well, any child, but a young child baptized, is the parents are giving the child to the church mm-hmm. right, to raise. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, you know, we, we, we're, we're entrusting this gift with right. you to help them become a faithful follower of Christ. Um, and then at the end of the service, of course, somebody has to do the daily feeding and caring. Right. <laughs> so we give them back to the parents yeah. <laughs> to do that part. But, but really, uh, at, in and through baptism, we've kind of given ourselves. Whether we've, if we've made the profession of faith on our own, someone on our behalf, we give ourselves to the church, yes, to Christ and his church. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a powerful thing. In the early church, there were... Um, uh, the c- churches had sometimes baptistries off to the side, which was a little room where the mm-hmm. baptismal font was, mm-hmm. and they actually ha- had a pool, and you, it was deep. You know, it was mm-hmm. so you could do immersions inside the building, and and candidates would uh, would take off their clothes, they yeah. would disrobe, and they would walk into the pool on one side and be baptized. They would come up out of the pool on the other side and be wrapped in a new white garment, mm-hmm. symbolizing their, the new life that they had entered. And that's a powerful... So while we do sprinkle and pour mm-hmm. and baptize babies in that way, there is something powerful about a baptism where someone is immersed and right. what that says. I think it's important for the church maybe a few times a year to see that, right. Right. To, to have a visual image of this is what this actually means. Right. It means um, something. There's something yeah. different on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. There is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they give them milk and honey to drink, some yeah, really, really like sweet it. drink to, to drink. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And there was a period of time when if you were not baptized, um, you, uh, and I don't know how widely this was practiced, but it was sort of the, it was how it, it, it was what the church said we should do. Now, you all know that there are rules, and right. sometimes churches follow them, sometimes they don't. But not in the Methodist tradition, but in the earlier church where um, candidates for baptism would uh, come to worship for the up to uh, and through the preaching of the word. And then they were and excused. So, and then they were excused from worship, and they would go to do um, some catechesis or teaching and right. learning about the faith. And then after Easter, when they were baptized, they would be able to remain in the service through the Eucharist oh. and Holy Communion. Oh, wow. So yeah. it really looked like more of a, an initiation. I mean, yeah. that's the word yeah, they'd say. Yeah, that is know, Christian yeah. initiation. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So... And that may be still common in some traditions. I'm not sure, but um, not in ours. Not in ours. No, <laughs> no. no. And we're not a. Uh, we're not a. Um, in my mind, and we we can talk about communion in a moment. But um, Kevin mentioned that some traditions you have to be baptized before you can participate in Holy Communion. You have to be a baptized part member of that mm-hmm. community of faith. Um, that if someone is not baptized and they, they do want to come to communion, I would pretty soon after that's happened a few times go to them and talk about baptism. Right. right. Because in a sense, what they're saying by coming to the Lord's table is, I'm a follower of Jesus. Right. I want to participate in this and be a part of it, give my life to it. So that's where you, I wouldn't exclude them from the table, but I'd want to go say, hey, what's God doing, doing right. in your life? Have you, have right. you thought about baptism? Yeah. Wow. So yeah, let's dive into the next one, the, the other the other sacrament, which is Holy Communion, mm-hmm. and um, most people, I mean, we know what baptisms are. We kind of know what the communion is. We welcome all. We like you said, we welcome all to the table. 
Um, but again, why is this important? Why is this um, considered a sacrament? And why why should we? I guess why should we do it? Well, Jesus said, do this. <laughs> Jesus said. Jesus if Jesus said. said, jump off a bridge, would you jump off Probably a bridge? Probably would, I think. I think about it. Well, you know, Mama, Mama said that, do stuff, and I would do it. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I that's the number one reason. I mean, right. that's why we call it Monday Thursday in some traditions, because it comes from that command, mandatum. Um, so I think that's the primary reason. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, we, again, believe it's a means of grace, and we're somehow transformed. Mm. Yeah. What yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. I mean, we be, we believe that in that sacrament something happens. Yeah. Right. We don't always understand it. We may not always feel it or know it in the moment, but that somehow our participation in Christ in that way changes us I over feel time. It. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. And yeah, and I pre-COVID was a communion server for a while. And I remember, like, the first time I was doing it, I was so nervous because mm. it's, it's scary. It's a big deal. It, well, I mean, I guess it is a big deal, but it's not. Uh, you're no, just I nervous because you just want to stand in the right place. You want to make sure you don't drop the juice or spill it or anything. Right. And, but then what happens is when everyone comes to you and, like, you look at them and you say, the blood of Christ mm. shed for you or the body of, you know. And you, like, I made it a point to look at each person and say those words and you can, I, I don't know, something yep, There's comes, something there. There's something there that comes through, and you just feel this sense that it's just, it, it's powerful. It's, it's holy. moving. It's holy. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And, it is. Um, yeah. So, and we're still doing it. We've yes, been we doing are. it through, through right. COVID. Yeah. Um, We've been, do, we even did drive-through. I was going to say, you guys had <laughs> a, <laughs> a season of... Uh, of weird a, of communion in a very different kind of way yeah i think it was one of the most <coughs> jarring things for the covid was communion. you couldn't do communion just it wouldn't it didn't feel right so we had people coming in the chapel and standing and, on and spots yeah we had know, like the spots it was like being at disney world <laughs> stand on the spot and you get together on the ride but you're standing on the spots and then they would kind of go you around fast passes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. We did actually in defense because you had to pre-register. You had to register. Oh, okay. So yeah, you yeah. came at your time and the ride yeah. was ready. But people were clamoring for it. And that was yes. a really very moving thing for us on mm-hmm. the staff at the time. It's like, wow. Yeah. People were and and then I think we all sort of realized like, oh, we want to be together too. This is Right. This yeah. is an expression of a desire to be in community with each other. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on in communion. It's it's um in a in a sense, it's um, so. There's a part of the communion liturgy that you know Jesus says, "Do this in remembrance right. of me." So there's a um, a memorial a memorial part of it. There's some sense in which we remember right. what Christ has done. Um, but for Jews, remembering never was just a kind of recalling. So when they remember the Exodus, mm-hmm. it's not just it's not merely a recalling of a of a historic event, like we would say, uh, remember D Day or something right. like that. Right. It's really that in our remembering, we are called up in and become participants in that event, mm-hmm. so that we, as Jews, remember the the Exodus. Um, they 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 they're reminded about how they themselves are the people who have been liberated by God. As we remember mm-hmm. Christ pouring himself out for us on the cross, we're caught up in that mystery that somehow we're, um, we're, we, we really participate. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't sacrifice Christ again. Mm-hmm. That's once and for all. But we participate somehow in the sacrifice of Christ. We share in Christ's sufferings 
so that we might share in the joy of resurrection. Um, we, we have a pretty robust um, doctrine of the real presence mm-hmm. that Jesus, un- unlike, say, Baptists and some other traditions where it is a memorial, mm-hmm. um, for us, Christ is really present in Holy Communion. Right. We don't get into the how. Right. Like, the difference between trance to be fancy, transubstantiation versus consubstantiation, right. which is... Golly. Those are the traditions that try to explain how, how it happens. Okay. Yeah. We merely just affirm that Christ is right. really physically present with us through the power of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's the that's yeah. important part. It is, an, it is a moment of encounter with Christ. Right. The other thing about the remembering is, if you put a hyphen in there, it's also the way God remembers the body. Right. So we're brought back to get if we've been scattered throughout the week or we're scattered because or divided because of sin or conflict or whatever. It's the way that um, at least in in some traditions, um, God weekly remembers, regathers the body, puts us back together, reminds us that we belong to one another. Yeah. Um, I think the critical one critical thing I try to say this at communion um, is to remember that it is Christ's table. Mm-hmm. It's not ours. The pastor does stand there and on behalf of the church say the prayers, but it's not my table. It's not Kevin's table. Right. It's, it's not, not Jim's table. table. I mean, it's not the church's, church's table. Right. right. Yeah. It's Christ's table, and Christ invites and welcomes to that table. So in a sense, the circle around that table can, can, can get larger and larger and larger as Christ right. invites uh, us to participate in that holy meal that's a foretaste of the heavenly banquet when we will all sit together. All the nations will come together and feast together at Christ's table. And I grew up in a tradition. We didn't have communion, but probably four times a year. So that's something different mm-hmm. in yeah. the United Methodist Church. And I love this line. I can't mess it up probably towards the end. Sometimes we all sit, sit and while you're celebrating, we think, okay, got to wait for him to say the thing. So we say our thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I say our thing. But if you yeah. listen, it's that, that, that Trinitarian thing. One in ministry to the world. You know, one in... Help one me with out. Christ. One with Christ. One with each other. Yes. And one in ministry through through all the world. And that was never in the tradition that I grew up in. It mm-hmm. was it was much more a funeral service for Jesus. And so I think what oh. in our tradition, which was really good, is that it's not just there in that room, but it's calling us to go out and do other things. Yeah. yeah. It's a celebration. Right. Yes. It's right. a it's a it's like a party. I mean, I know we don't really celebrate it like a party, right? But it it is a yeah. feast. Right. It's uh, we come with reverence and, and sometimes in silence and prayerful, but it really is a, a celebration yeah. Um, yeah. of our life together in Christ and of what Christ has done for us, and of the fact that um, on this journey we're not we don't starve to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Christ is there to feed us, mm-hmm. give us what we need, um, just like manna. It's very, you know, there's a lot of parallels between yeah. the Eucharist and the Exodus and um, the manna given to Israel to sustain them in the wilderness. Uh, the manna now, that, that heavenly bread is mm-hmm. now Christ. Christ is the heavenly bread yeah. given for us. Who is that theologian at Duke? Uh, he wrote Food and Faith. I'm trying to think of his name right now, but uh, I had to read it. Yeah, anyway, it's a really good, but he talks about how we, like everything we consume has had to give up life to do that. So if we're eating a salad even, that salad, that piece of lettuce died so that we can get that energy and draws that correlation with, you know, Jesus had to die to, to give us life. And that, that's something I never really thought about. He goes much, he does it much better <laughs> than I just did. But I can't mm-hmm. think of his name, but anyway, um, hmm. Food and Faith is the name of the book. I know that. Oh. Yeah. There are a lot of, uh, and there, there are a lot of ethical implications to the Eucharist or Holy Communion. Um, 
I mean, I just mentioned that it is Christ's table. Christ invites who can come. Uh, it, if, if we, in a sense, if the church practices the Eucharist well and, and sins are forgiven and divisions are overcome and broken relationships are healed before we come and we're able to sit at table together, and if people who are enemies can sit at that table together, and if people who don't usually hang out, people of different races or whatever, can, can sit together at that table, then the hope is, as the church practices Holy Communion regularly and well, when we get out into the world, we'll eat more together and sit at tables together and befriend one another more, yeah. and the divisions hopefully are overcome because we've had a glimpse of what life really yeah. can be like yeah. here around the table. Now, That's obviously, awesome. we don't always Sounds like a commercial that, yeah, right? around the table. But you were on that trip to Hungary when we did that, right? We were in Budapest? Yeah. And we had, the service was all in Hungarian. They <laughs> yes. had a translator. Yes. And we had communion. You just made mm -hmm. me think about this. Yeah. So, and the person, the presider said, this is what heaven's going to be like. Mm -hmm. You know, we understood it. Yeah. Almost simultaneously, because we had we're, it was a United Methodist Church, right? right. Um, but it meant so much having sung or played bells in all these other you know Catholic churches or Lutheran churches. But suddenly yes. we were at this we were United home. Methodist Church, and yeah. we knew what was going on, right? Yeah. Even and if it was in a different language, yeah, it was yeah. in a different, completely different. Hungarian is a very strange yeah. language to yeah. hear, but they had hired a translator, right? And the the presider said, she said, "This is what heaven's going to be like." And that was a very powerful moment, oh, gosh. I think, for all of us. We I, I, I think I was crying yeah. through the whole service because yeah. there, it's again, beautiful. it was just something. Yeah. You get a happened. sense that you, I belong here. Yes. In some strange yes. way, I know yeah. that I belong yes. here. Yeah. Wow, that was a really. It was. I'd forgotten about that. Thank you for bringing that up. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I wish I'd been in Hungary. <laughs> Sounds amazing. I'm always in Hungary. <laughs> you were hungry earlier. I still am. <laughs> Chicken and waffles. <laughs> But it was a really neat place because it was in the middle of the Soviet era yes. tower. Yeah. It looked like we were going to, I didn't know where we were going. <laughs> you know, and it's this beautiful sanctuary. It looked a lot like ours, actually. Yeah. Well, and similar to what Kevin said a moment ago about uh, the faith in food, is mm -hmm. that, yeah, that you referenced. Um, the other thing that it does is when we, is uh, back to the idea of things being sacramental. So the one of the questions we can wrestle with or think about or pray about as we kind of go through life talking about eating mm -hmm. is um, that that is a sacrament what we do in the sanctuary around that table but in some sense that sacrament makes all of our tables sacramental mm -hmm. so that whenever we're eating it, it, I think folks just know um, eating together is kind of an intimate thing yeah and it's diff it, it it brings people together in a unique way so I try to remind I try to remember when, you know, obviously when you're running through your week and you're busy, you, it doesn't always happen. But I've had dinners with people where I've paused for a moment and thought, oh, this is like close to the Eucharist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is almost sacramental. Um, and it was just a table with friends and food. And maybe that's Thanksgiving for some folks. Maybe it's a holiday meal. Maybe it's a birthday dinner. Right. You know, where the where you gather and you rem you're remembered as a family and friends. Yeah. Um, and you remember family and friends who aren't there right. mm -hmm. finally, but mm -hmm. you know they're there because the saints are always around us. Yeah. So, um, mm. uh, yeah. I, I feel like we should sing a hymn and go home. <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going to go. <laughs> well, we are, um, yeah, we are, we're done or out of time. I, I hate yeah. to say out of time because okay. we're not a TV show, 
but that was that was beautiful. It's fun. That was, that was fun. That was you just. I think we, Kevin and I could talk about sacraments a lot. I know. I didn't know what was going to happen, but that's really cool. Well, and that's what's so neat about our conversations is that we don't really do a lot of pre-scripting or wording or anything, obviously. <laughs> obviously. But we have yeah. real conversations, yeah. and like there's some really good things that come out of. I mean, you just yeah. Not that they're better than a sermon, but it's just... It's different. It's, it's different, different. Yeah. 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 so illuminating. Yeah. yeah I, you give me something to think about today. So well, I sometimes think sermons are too one unidirectional. Right. Mm. Um, I, I, I a number of times find myself wanting to stop and just say, all right, y'all, what do you think about this? <laughs> I'll do that. Just let me know. <laughs> I'll be happy to say, but, what? But I know that's... I know <laughs> that that's, joke's done. <laughs> <laughs> not... <laughs> No, I'm not asking for their opinion about if the sermon's good or bad. I'm like just wondering out loud. Yeah, like this is what I think about this. What right. do you all think about it? I could be wrong. Maybe you have an insight. I don't, you know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we could do that some Sunday. Find right. the sermon. Mm. Good yeah. luck. Right. I want to be there for that. Yeah. <laughs> not this week because no. Jim, Jim's preaching. Yeah. So oh, uh, we'll is? look forward to hearing yeah, Jim's oh, preaching. Oh, that's good to yep. know. Okay. Yep. I need to bother him then. Um, okay, so for some upcoming announcements, yes. um, David's going on a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> with the bishop David yeah. is going not just any know. cruise it's, yeah. it's, it's not the Caribbean it's not the carnival cruise not, yeah, yeah we're not a Disney cruise to <laughs> yes <laughs> but no yes yeah, seriously um, it's called the lands of Bible lands of the Bible lands of the Bible it's October no September 22nd through October 5th of 2022 next year next year with um, Bishop Ken Carter mm -hmm. our new resident bishop yes and um 2,900 of your um, Methodist friends. <laughs> so, sounds wonderful, doesn't it, Kevin? <laughs> no, I don't know that we'll fill up the whole ship, but any, but everybody's welcome. Right, I mean, there's sure. no limits, and you don't have to be from Davidson. You don't have to be... Right, friends, uh, bring friends. Yeah, you don't have to be a member of a Methodist church. It's open to anyone. We're going, we'll be in, uh, begin in Rome to Greece and Cyprus uh, to Israel places like Bethlehem, Jerusalem, Galilee, and then over to Turkey, to Ephesus, wow. uh, to Ooh. where Paul uh, was, and then uh, back to Rome. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So, I uh, know. It is. <laughs> this is it, it sounds like a great trip. It's a really unique way of seeing the... the if you'd led with that, I might have been more excited. The lands of the Bible. <laughs> 2,900 yeah. of my Methodist friends. I yeah, no, no, I don't think they're 2,900 <laughs> Methodist friends, but it's a big boat. <laughs> You can't get off of. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should do a choir trip on a cruise. Oh my gosh, that'd be crazy. But you are having an informational session. Anybody can come this Sunday, October 24th, in the Fellowship Hall at 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. with yep. a representative from the tour company. We'll be there to answer questions and provide information. So yep. nice. There's no commitment if you show up. Just right. um, you know, just come, learn more, ask your questions, and then. Make your decision. I'm happy to talk about it further. Right. If, if you can't, to. you're right. If you can't make yeah, it on Sunday, reach out to David. Reach out. Because he's I'm happy now to. a cruise director on the side. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're like Isaac from the Love Boat making yes. drinks. <laughs> right. <laughs> I could have said go for so. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Bishop. The doc. What's the doctor's name? Doc. Yeah. Doc. He was Doc. Isaac. Julie. I don't remember Julie. And Captain, Captain Steubing. Captain Steubing. Yeah. I met I Captain Steubing. He came to the movie theater I worked at. Yeah. Really? Years ago. Yeah. 20 years ago, probably. Gosh. Nice that was guy. such a good show. 
It was the Love Boat and then Fantasy Island. Mm. They were like mm. back to back. Uh, Ricardo Multabon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna, this is gonna get really <laughs> too far. We're just showing our age. <laughs> <laughs> that too, yeah, I know. Um, and then in two weeks, the 31st yes. is All Saints. All Saints, we're doing the Rudder Requiem. We have 19 guest instrumentalists coming in. Harp, flutes, harbos, violins, bassoon. Ooh. A bassoon, I know. It's going to be It's going to be beautiful. Fantastic. It's going to be a wonderful service. No yeah. bagpipes, so. though. No bagpipes. They don't really just prepared. fit. They don't the fit the rudder. Nine and 11. Nine and 11. That's exactly yeah. right. We'll, and we'll remember the, the Saints. we both. Yep. And we'll remember the Saints. Yeah. We have yeah. a lot this year, sadly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 20, I think it's 28, 29. Mm-hmm. Robin Burke can tell me. We're keeping track of that. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be a great opportunity yep. to hear beautiful music, to remember the saints, to pray for those families, and yeah, yeah, be in worship together. It's one of my favorite services, which it's is beautiful. like, like kind of sad to think that. Oh, it's beautiful. But it's a beautiful yeah. service. You said the saints are all around us. They yeah. are always. And your son singing around the house. I heard so. That's he is. Good. Is he practicing the requiem? Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, cool. <laughs> He's practicing something. Yeah. The cantique. Yes, <laughs> and we're doing that too. Yeah, as a prelude. Wow! So, yeah. Wow! There's awesome. no sermon that day. There's no sermon. Oh, you no. get it off. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm the liturgist that yes. day, but no, no sermon. Just so. music. It's all on you, Kevin. Well, thanks. The sermon yeah. is the will be sung. Yeah. For all those Beautiful. people that wondered when I'd preach again. <laughs> October 31st. <laughs> when Kevin preaches, he brings an orchestra. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm like Celine Dion. Go big or go home. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Uh, Well, thank you guys for being here today, and um, we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you for everybody watching, and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. (laughs) Biblical cooking. That would be a great segment, Brian. Can we get a kitchen in here? Just a little hot plate. (laughs) Having hummus. I'm going to want my own headset. Can I get that? Can I just pay for that? Yeah, I can't. It's hard to work under these conditions. No one asked me.